by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. How many came to be changed today? Are you willing to step out and say, Jesus, change me? Say, Jesus, change me, if that's your heart. Speak to me, Lord. Are you willing to hear the hard things today? Are you willing to say, I'm not just going to be a hearer, but I'm going to be a doer? Mm. That's where the real change takes place. In those who say, I'm just not going to church and playing religious games. I'm going to be changed. It's that repentance. You know what repentance is? It's turning to Jesus. That's all it is. Whatever you've been looking at before, he said, no, I don't want that no more. I'm turning to Jesus. That's what we can do today. That's together where the presence of God is. The power is here to deliver and to heal miraculous signs and wonders done in the name of his holy child, Jesus. It can happen right here today. But we've got to believe that our God is real and he is here for us today. Amen? I'm ready to change. Eyes can change, yous can change, we alls can change. Forget about it. <laughs> Who said that? Rocky. Hollywood's got some pretty cool quotes now. I give it to him. Who said, "Hasta la vista, baby"? Arnold. <laughs> Who said, "I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse." The Godfather. Forget about it. He keeps, me, he keeps feeding me lines there. Forget about it. <laughs> Who said, go ahead, make my day, punk? Those are some pretty cool lines, right? Who said, you can't handle the truth? Jack Nicholson. What was the name of that movie? few good men, something like that. Well, Hollywood got some quotes, but I'm here to tell you today that the Bible has better quotes than Hollywood. <laughs> those quotes make, make those characters seem cool, but God's quotes make me feel super cool. God's quotes are, are man, he, when he says it, he means it. They just say something that, that's on the script. But whatever God says is absolutely true. You want to hear some quotes today? Unless, of course, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Say, I can handle the truth. That's why I'm here today. Now, we've been talking a lot about Moses lately. And it, Moses' life uh, is so interesting because, you know, he started out wanting to be, you know, he started out in the Nile River in a basket. <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be here, all right? But, uh, when he was a young man, he decided, I want to do something great. And so he tried to save his people, Israel. And, you know, he ended up killing an Egyptian. He did it, tried to do it in the flesh. 
So he tried to do the right thing, but it didn't work out. He had to end up running for his life. He stayed in the desert for the next 40 years, in the wilderness, tending sheep. 40 years is a long time. And I guess, you know, he's 80 years old at the time. He's thinking, you know, I had my day and I messed it up. This is the way life is. And if you look in the world today, you just see so many people living for the Friday or whatever, for the weekend. That's another quote. That's, that's from the music industry. Everybody's working for the weekend, right? Everybody's just trying to get through till Saturday. And they're just going through the motions. They don't think that they can do anything great or that they have anything to offer. Or they're just, hey, I'm, this is life. Life as we know it. Life as it has become. But then Moses is out there one day just on a regular day. And he sees a light in the middle of the wilderness. He gets to look and it's a fire. And it's burning in a bush. And it sparks his curiosity that a fire could be burning in a bush, but the bush being not consumed. I don't know why, why I say this, but do you have a light in you that's burning that maybe some of those people that are just going through the motions could see and spark their curiosity? To think that there could be more? That's what we're supposed to be like, right? Lights. Anyway, he sees this light, and he gets up, and he starts walking towards it, and God says, oh, don't get too close. Take the shoes off your feet. He recognizes that it's the Lord Jesus. It's God Almighty in this bush. And what is, you say, well, Jesus, this is Old Testament. Well, you say, Jesus, it says it was the angel of the Lord, and then it was, you know, he says, I am God, you know, he's, in the bush, we recognize that, yeah, it was a pre-incarnate Jesus. Usually, sometimes when you see the angel of the Lord, it's talking about Jesus before he came on the earth. And so Jesus is, is saying, I want you, what does Jesus want? I want you to deliver my people out of slavery. And he said, I want you to go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is symbolic of the world system. Egypt is always a type shadow of the world. In Scripture, that's the way I see it anyway. I want you to deliver my people out of the world. They're, they're hopeless. They've been like you, just wandering around in the wilderness. I, I want to deliver you, Moses. And Moses is thinking, oh, no, you got the wrong guy because he's got 40 years of this in him, of this nothingness, this vast wasteland that has become his life. Oh, you got the wrong person. How many kind of think, well, God could use me? No, he couldn't use me. But he can. And he kept telling Moses, Moses, I will be with you. That's all you need to know. You and God can conquer the world. If God be for you, who could be against you? Well, Moses says, God, if I go to Pharaoh and I and I tell him these things, and if I go to the Israelites, are they going to listen to me? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? It don't matter who you are. It matters who he is. Moses says, who do I tell them sent me? Now, you want to talk about the coolest line ever spoken. In Exodus, 
Chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Wow. Eye, asher eye in the Hebrew. I am who I am. That's all you need to know, Moses. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. In other words, who do you need me to be, Moses? I am. What is it you, you need me to do? I am. God is always seeking to reveal himself to those who are seeking after him. Many times it seems like he won't reveal himself to those who aren't looking. Some people can come into a church service, be so dry, they leave just as dry. And some people come into that same service and God spoke to me. God revealed himself to me. Oh, I'm so excited about tomorrow to, to share at work what God has done in me in this service. He said, that's why he spoke. Jesus said, that's why I speak in parables, that hearing they may not hear and seeing they may not see. In other words, the people that don't want it don't get it. But to whom is, who is seeking? He said, if you'll search for me with your whole heart, you will find me. And to whom much is given, much is required. And whom much, he's given much, much more will be given. All you got to do is turn on the switch and seek after God and want to know who he is. And he's telling you today, I am. He's enough. He's revealed himself through creation. You can go outside on a starlit night and just marvel and know there's a God. Sit by a clear stream coming down a mountain and listen to the water. Watch the autumn leaves drift down out of the trees to the ground. Beautiful orange colors and the, the seasons and the cycles of life, the insect world, the animal world, the, the processes of how he waters this place and how seeds grow and how clouds form and how we're, we're situated so beautifully in this solar system where life is possible. Through creation, you can realize who God is. He reveals himself. He reveals himself quite clearly in the written word. He's not a far off God. He wrote us a book, 66 books. And he details who he is. He has revealed himself to those who would dare to get it off the coffee tables, dust off the dust, and look into it. I don't know God's will for my life. Have you ever looked at the instruction manual? He has revealed himself to the believer through his spirit. His very own spirit within the hearts of his people. Jesus said he'll be your comforter. He'll be your guide. He'll, he'll bring all things to your remembrance, everything I've said. He'll show you all things to come. The Holy Spirit will reveal God and God's plan to you. If you will at least not be so stubborn as to reject the Holy Ghost, and you will welcome the Holy Spirit, and you will develop a relationship, and you will listen to His voice. If you will cut the, 
the device is off for a moment. There's no problem in your life that God can't give you direction on if you would just be still for five minutes and listen. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's trying to get it to you. You're hiding from him. Behind all these devices and all this noise that the world has created, the devil is creating chaos to keep us from being still and knowing that he is God. You wonder why you're nervous, worried about what's going to happen in Russia, worried about what the gas prices. You worried about all these things, Martha, Martha. There's one thing you need, and it's to sit at the feet of Jesus. There's one thing, it's to let God reveal Himself to you, and He will do it through His Spirit. But He even reveals Himself to the unbelievers by the hungers that they, he's placed in their heart before they were even born. They have the moral laws of God written in their conscience. How do you explain that? People all over the world know it's wrong to kill and to lie because God has written it in their hearts and they have this nagging sense of emptiness in their hearts too when they realize that they're experiencing life apart from their Creator. He's put eternity in the heart of man. We know we're going to live forever. How do you explain that? I can talk to the hardest un atheist or whoever, and I, and, and I can tell them, don't you feel like even if you die, that's not the end? And they have to admit if they would tell the truth, yeah, I know it's not the end. That's what scares them. <laughs> Because you don't want to experience that without God in your life. But most convincingly in my life, the best evidence I have of God revealing himself was through the person of Jesus Christ. When he became one of us, and he walked among us, and we see the stories in the word of God that tells us how he behaved and how he loved and went about doing good and how he turned the world upside down with his teaching. They said, do this, and God says, no, don't do that. Don't return evil for evil. Don't save up all your money and hoard it. Be a giver. Everything that the world was telling them, he turned it upside down, and he revealed God's true nature to love your enemies and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. They were like, what? And we see the true nature of God revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, the one who burst all this into existence in the first place, the God of all power of all creation, has made this light to shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God, and it's seen in the face of Jesus Christ. When Moses asked God to show me your glory, oh, how he would have loved to see the face of Jesus Christ because he is the glory of God. The prophets of old have longed to look into the things that we have access to. So today, we're going to start a new series entitled I Am. 
And we're going to take the seven I am statements that Jesus made in the Gospels. And we're going to break them down. And I guarantee you, it's going to bring light to your life. It's going to build faith in your heart. and Rise that hope level that we've been talking about. It's going to encourage you. The first I am we're going to mention is when Jesus was talking with Martha. Martha was the sister of Lazarus, the sister of Mary. And Lazarus, you know the story, had passed, and Jesus was late to the party, or to the funeral, as it were. By the time Jesus got there, Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days, and Martha came out to talk with him. Everybody's mourning and crying and weeping. They loved Lazarus. Martha said, Lord, if you'd have been here, I know my brother would not have died. They knew Jesus. They had seen his power. And Jesus says, your brother will live. Martha says, yeah, I, I know Jesus. On the last day, he will be resurrected. And that's good. Isn't that a hope for us? That in the end, we're going to be resurrected? That we will live forever with Jesus? Oh, that's one of the best hopes in the whole world. That's one of the, the deepest hopes of the human heart is to know that God is taking care of our eternity because that eternity is in our heart. and We want to know. Oh, that's beautiful. That is our underlying hope. But sometimes when you're going through the difficult moments in your life, the death of a loved one, the the loss of a spouse, this or that, a brother or a sister. It would be nice to have a right now hope. Y'all feel me? Y'all not talking back good to me today. Sometimes we won't... The Life Church devotional said, when you know your ending will be better than your beginning, you can endure the in-between. But sometimes we want to do more than just endure. It's okay to endure, but I want to right now, God. I got to know God's with me right now. And she said, I know that on the last day, he will rise. And Jesus looked at Martha. And he said, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Good luck topping that one, Hollywood. Hollywood doesn't have, I don't think they've had the, the guts to say something that strong. And if they did, it certainly wouldn't be true. Jesus said it, and it was absolute truth. I am the resurrection and the life. What does that mean? Well, look around. All around, we see Jesus resurrecting people from spiritual death and bringing life. Lives resurrected, drug addicts, alcoholics, 
the prideful, the sorcerers, the backbiters, the liars, the adulterers, resurrected and alive in Christ Jesus right now. He's the right now God. And if you're here today, say, yeah, I remember back then. You need a right now experience with God. You may be the closest you've ever been to God in your life, but I'm telling you, there's more, and you need a right now, right now. So don't settle. Don't ever begin to settle. Every day, get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day I will rejoice and be glad in it. My God is a right now God. He's working on my behalf right now. He's working through me right now. That's the kind of life, that's the kind of light that's going to draw somebody's curiosity to your bush and draw them to Jesus Christ. John 17, 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is life. To know him. So don't stop trying to know God. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, I offer resurrection and life. He said, I am resurrection and life. He is the source. You go straight to the source. Whoo. I'm preaching way better than y'all are amen. <laughs> I am these things, he said. <laughs> there was a widow woman. She had one son and he died. She lived in a little town called Nain, N-A-I-N. Her grief must have been overwhelming. What's she going to do? Back then, the widows weren't taken care of very well. Can she work? Can she dig ditches? What's she going to do? Her husband is gone. Now her only relative, her son, is dead. He shouldn't have died. Why is this young man dead? The love of her life. She's all alone. And she's in this funeral procession, I imagine, wearing black. No hope evident whatsoever at the end of the funeral procession. And all these mourners carrying the coffin, or what, what do they call it, the bear? Paul bearers, and they were carrying, they call it a bear or something, don't they? They're carrying the guy. He's dead. No hope. Over. What are we going to do now? Might as well. Say dialectic, 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 dick, dick, dick. <laughs> Gloom, despair, and agony on me. It's over. But just so happens, Jesus comes walking into the town of Nain. I wonder where he got how how he knew to go to Nain. And Jesus was grieved at this woman's condition. That her son had died. He walks up to the coffin. 
and puts his hand on it. Says, get up, boy. <coughs> he sneezes, come back to life, jumps down off of the coffin. Is there hope now? Is there hope now? Can he do it for you? What's dead in your life? What's weighing your hope down? Can he do it for you? Let Jesus ruin your death march. You've been out in the wilderness too long thinking this is all there is. I'm telling you, you're just beginning your life. Moses was 80. It was just beginning his ministry. Your life ain't nowhere near over. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Let's say my God is right now. Feeling like you're just going, you know, as we get older, we go through this cycle of life, right? Our grandparents begin to die off. That's our real first experience with death, usually for a lot of people. Then 15, 20 years later, our parents start to die. You start to feel like, I'm getting old. Especially when you look around and all the people that was in your high school start to die. They're my age. And, it, and along the way, it starts to seem like, hey, I'm just going from funeral to funeral. The music industry, industry's got some cool lines, too. They got a little song that says, don't stop. Believe it. Hold on to that feeling. Like I'm going to sing him or something. I don't know what the song is all about, but that's a cool line. I'm here to tell you today, don't stop believing. Don't look at your situation on the ground and say, this is all there is. My life is just going to be like that, and that, can't nobody change it. Jesus could walk up to your coffin and, and bring you back to life right now. Amen. He's a right now God. Yes. You got to seek him. You got to want him. He's always there for us. Don't stop believing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop believing. Don't stop. What about the thief on the cross now? What's he got to believe for? He started railing on Jesus with the other thief. They just making fun of him. Oh, who's this guy? But somewhere along the line, being in the presence of God Almighty, a change came over him. I'm telling you, being in God's presence brings a change. That's why we work to get into God's presence when we get here. We, we pray that God's presence will be here when we get here. And this thief on the cross, he tells the other thief, he said, look, dude, just, just let up, man. You know, we deserve what we're getting. We lived a life of crime. All the things that we've done, we know we're getting what we deserve. A lot of people won't admit that. A lot of people go to the death, the, the, what's it called, the chair, electric chair. A lot of people go to, to their death thinking, this ain't fair, this ain't fair. But if you would be honest with yourself about the things that you did in your life, you know that's what you deserve. We all do. We all deserve death. 
And when that thief on the cross got real with himself, he thought to himself, you know, we deserve this, but this guy ain't done nothing wrong. And he turned to Jesus. All you got to do, just turn to Jesus. And how is it that Jesus is always there in our darkest hour, presenting himself as a place to turn to? He's always there saying, turn to me, turn to me. Come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And the thief looked at him and said, Jesus, remember me when you get to your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you today that you will be with me in paradise. Today is your day. The time is now. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You got to believe that Jesus is right there with you and you got to turn to him in your situations and stop trying to figure it out and call all your buddies and turn to Jesus. And today will be the day of your salvation. Today, you will be with him in paradise. Don't stop believing. Today, your past failures are nullified in the face of forgiveness. Under the blood that was spilt on that cross for you, you're forgiven. And your life will be just as resurrected as Jesus's was. Amen? Amen. Don't be a Judas and betray your own hope. What was Judas thinking? If Judas, who walked with Jesus and saw the miracles and heard the man and saw his heart day in and day out, can be deceived, don't think that you can't be. He betrayed his help, his hope. He betrayed his own life. He got caught holding the empty bag that he was stealing from. When you place a, a low value on Jesus, when you say, oh, he's only worth 30 pieces of silver to me, you place a low value on your life because he is your life. And it was just hours after he betrayed the Lord Jesus. He was already feeling like my life ain't worth living. And he hung himself. Don't be a Judas. Don't stop believing. It ain't about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward.
That's how winning is done. Keep moving forward with Jesus. I know it's hard. I know you're getting hit. I know your buddies say, why do you go to church? You're just wasting your time. Why are you giving to this place? Why are you serving and wearing yourself out when you got so many? We could be, we could be at the lake on Sunday. Don't stop believing. you got to keep moving forward. And a lot of people ain't no more. But as for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to keep moving forward. We got a right now, God. I don't care what, I, what the world says. A thousand may fall at my, my left side and 10,000 at my right, but it shall not come nigh me. I'm going to stand. And I'm going to follow the Lord. Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in the last day, he has spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he may also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. He's dealt with your sins. He said, it is finished. He's dealt with your past. It is finished. And now he ever lives to make intercession for you. Now he's dealing with your future. Now he's praying for you. He's up there preparing a place for you. He's dealing with your future. He's dealing with you right now. Some people say, I'm going to get right with God in a little while. I'm going to sow my wild oats. I still got this thing I'm doing. I'm still cheating the government. I'm still doing this. I'm still not working hard at my job. Maybe one day I'll get it all together. Maybe one day won't get here. I want to serve him right now. Resurrection and life are not best defined in words. They're defined in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the fountain of life. He is the destroyer of death. And you can handle the truth. So what in your life needs resurrecting today? Is your faith waning? Your hope's dissipating? Your dreams, oh, they're long gone. I forgot about them. I've been out here in the wilderness so long. Now, I wanted to do something good back in the day. You got relationships that need to be resurrected in your life. There's you carrying around bitterness and unforgiveness and you know how many things can attach itself to you in a quick period of time if you're not moving forward. It's like you gotta be moving forward. It's like when I ride my motorcycle. I can see all these bugs in front of me. 
but I don't know something about when I'm moving forward. When I get there, the, my wind shear, the force of that motorcycle causes all the bugs to go around me. All these little gnats. And very rarely does a bug get past my windshield because I'm moving forward. Things can't attach itself to you if you're moving forward. You're living right now. You're in Jesus' relationship as a right now relationship. You say, well, I used to love Jesus. Well, I used to pray all the time. I used to come to church regular. I used to be involved. Well, that's not good. Let him resurrect that today. Let him resurrect you, Moses. You're not too old to get started. You're not too far gone. You hadn't messed up too bad. And you're like Martha. You need a right now, God. Your hope for the future is great. But you need help right now. Maybe you've lost your hope like the little widow woman in Nain. You say, well... I don't know what I'm supposed to hope for, Pastor. I don't even know what I'm supposed to hope for. We can get to that place. We don't even know what hope looks like. We don't, can't even think, we don't even think about it no more. What, am I, what would even make me happy anymore? God will. He will put a fresh hope in your heart. Fresh dream. He will make all things new. You say, I'm just, I don't, I'm hurt and I'm just existing. Don't be like that. Don't stay there. All those bugs are going to get on your life like that if you're just sitting still. Get moving forward and ask Jesus to be your right now, God. Don't become a Judas. Judas had made up his mind how much Jesus was worth, he gets 30% of my life. Right? I often used to say that some people's church membership means about as much to them as that old library card in their wallet. You know, I can go to church, you know, my service to God, well, you know, I stopped serving a long time ago, but I still go, or I watch it on TV. How much, how are you undervaluing Jesus in your life? We can get like that quick when he used to be our all. He used to be everything to me. My heart burned at the mention of his name. When I thought about his resurrection, my heart leapt for joy. When I thought about him dying on my cross, I would weep and weep. Where has my fire for Jesus gone, Lord? Don't let me fade, Lord. Don't let me be a shooting star and burn out, but let me run my race and finish my course. Help me be pleasing in everything and all that I do for you, Lord. Let me live and walk with you and feel this life stirring in me all times and be this light in this bush that other people draws their curiosity. What is it about you? Why do you have this light? It is the light of life, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is all to me. Don't stop believing. You see, Jesus is the original tomb raider. 
Not only did he raise that boy from the, out of the grave or out of the coffin. In Matthew 27, 52, talking about after Jesus was raised from the dead, it says, and the tombs were opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. What? You mean more than Jesus was resurrected that day? When Jesus came out of that tomb, other people came out of the tomb with him. The power of the resurrection was so strong, anybody within the vicinity of Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And if you're raised from the dead and you're living in the resurrection, people in your vicinity are going to get raised and resurrected too. Come on, let's live this thing out. Let's live this thing out. Let the resurrection dwell in your mortal bodies. He went into the holy city of Jerusalem and he appeared to many people. And these people that were raised from the dead, who were these people? They were just godly men and women who had died in the Lord. And, it, and they became living witnesses. Can you imagine? Dude, I went to your funeral. I was there. I, I threw the dirt on your coffin. I carried you in the... I was your pallbearer. I was the physician who pronounced you dead. I was the mortician who prepared your body for burial for four days. What are you doing alive? And people are going to say about you, I was the one at your high school who saw you doing those drugs. I was the one who was with you when we stole those cars. I was out with you that night that you slept around on your wife. I know who you are. What is this resurrection that I'm seeing? It's Jesus. You can be resurrected too. Your faith needs to be resurrected today. I know we're in a bad spot in this world, but I, we are the ones that burn and shine brightly in the midst of this darkness. We have to stir ourselves and let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify our God which is in heaven. Jesus was the original tomb raider. Are you a tomb raider? You okay with death ruling and reigning in our society? I'm not. And our job is not to slow down their sinful ways, to be the sin police. Try to get them to calm down. Try to get them to see our way. Our responsibility is to bring them to the resurrection and the life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Yeah. We bring them to Jesus. He brings them to life. And our light brings the curiosity. So live your life like it matters because it does. Because your kids are watching. Your grandkids are watching. Your friends are watching. Your coworkers are watching. The world is watching. Hallelujah, your life matters. You can't just sin over in a vacuum. Say, oh, it don't matter. It's just my life. I'm, uh, you know, uh, it does matter. Your words matter. The way you speak. 
And I want to be the first to apologize. Because lately, y'all know me, I wear my emotions on my sleeves. Lately, I've been a little down. I've been preaching on hope. But I've been wearing these unhopeful emotions on my, my sleeve. Hadn't been the man of faith and power that I should be. I have said some things that I shouldn't say. I am supposed to, to be better for you as your leader. Will you forgive me? Because I'm ready to get back in the fight. You are the remnant. You're the one still here. When they all left Jesus, he looked at his disciples said, y'all leave too? They said, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and they got it done. Those were the ones that got it done. They didn't quit when times got tough. They kept moving forward. And that's how winning is done. for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.